1: Good day, flyers, and welcome back to the show. Before I get you into the episode with Ryan, Mike, Cell, and our buddy Dugues over at Barstool, I wanted to tell you who brought you this episode, and we do have a new sponsor that we're bringing on. This episode is brought to you by Clear Mortgage, and our friend Sean Finn, and other Dayton flyer grad Dan Helm, former Dayton basketball manager. So Sean Finn is going to bring us this episode tonight from Clear Mortgage KC because he's moving into Ohio and he wanted you to know all about it. Rates right now are historically low. Money is cheap. So if you're looking to purchase a home or refinance, the time is now. They're excited about their new Ohio branch, like I said, moving in from KC. All you got to do is contact Sean Finn at sean at clearoh.com or visit the website, clearoh.com. Dot com. You can download a homebuyer's guide. You can go and take a look at their loan calculator. You can get refinancing resources. Now's the time. Like you said, money's cheap. They can close your loan fast. Most banks are taking two months, not Sean and Dan. They can close your loan in three weeks. If you'd like to refinance, take a look at a mortgage. You give Sean and Dan a call and they'll hook you up and they're bringing you this episode that starts right now. is Talking Out Loud, the number one podcast in the Atlantic 10, and among Dayton Flyers basketball fans everywhere. The only podcast on the internet consistently reminding you to wear red and be loud. Hey, here come the Flyers, hey. Welcome back to Talking Out Loud. I'm your host, Sully. It is January 7th when we're releasing this one to you, recording on January 6th. That's Wednesday evening, and we took 24 hours to clear our heads from the Fordham loss. Dayton is a loser to the Fordham Rams for the first time in 50 years. And while I don't think the score particularly matters, I'll say it anyway, 55, 54, in one of the uglier flyer basketball games that I have ever witnessed, and certainly the most embarrassing loss that I can remember in my 30 years of age. I have a couple of guests tonight before I introduce them in the show. I wanted to set the tone for the episode tonight. And um, I had asked uh, Chip Mike Sell to come on the podcast and talk some hoops, and I had asked Dukes from Barstool to also come on the podcast and talk about a few things since we are going to have some disagreements tonight because I think this show is at its best when people are disagreeing with me and nothing against my co-hosts at the Blackburn Review, but all of the guys that help me with the podcast tend to be on the same wavelength as I do. So we wanted to have a little bit more of an honest conversation about the team, where they're headed, um, and and really where you go from here after you lose a game like that to Fordham. So the one thing that I did want to say to start the show tonight is that the Dayton Flyers fan base and everybody that's involved with this program. Everybody can tell you how much the Dayton Flyers fans care about the program. We say it all the time. We have the best fans in the country. We care so much about the team. When the Flyers win, it's a we. We won. We beat VCU. We won the conference. We're getting to the tournament. It's always a we because that's who we are. We care so much about the team. And in that same breath, when you care so much about a thing, you are going to be upset when it does not go the way that you want. No one has ever been upset about anything that they didn't truly care about. Being upset about something is even more of a moniker that you care about something than sharing in those successes. So we have a lot of reasons to be upset tonight, but I challenge all Dayton Flyer fans. If you see another fan being upset online, if you hear other fans being upset online, It means they care. It means they care about this program. It means that us as fans, we expect winning. We expect to go win the conference. We expect not to lose the Fordham at the bare minimum. But if we're a we when we are winning, no one should be blamed for taking the loss personally. We expect winning at this program. And when we don't get it, fans are going to be upset about that thing that they care about. There's optimistic fans in this fan base. We see them all the time. There's negative fans in this fan base. I try my best to be a realistic fan, but all three of those subsets are still Dayton Flyers fans. And there will be brighter days for the Dayton Flyers program, but no one should be blamed for the type of fan they are because we're all Dayton Flyers fans and we care about the program, of course, within reason, be respectful and and all that. But I wanted to start the show on that note tonight to simply highlight that there are different kinds of fans in this fan base and they all have differing opinions. And a lot of people hate my opinion a lot of the time because it's critical of the team. But I just care about this team, this program, this university so much that I will never hesitate to be critical of the team because the way that calling it how it is works is that when you share in successes, you call it how it is. And when there are failures, you also call that how it is. For those differing perspectives tonight, I want to introduce my guest. First and foremost, uh, The one of the newest Dayton Flyers basketball alumni, Ryan, don't call me Chip Mike Sell, joining us likely from the couch at mom and dad's house. What's going on tonight, Ryan?
2: Yeah, yeah, you hit it on the head. I'm still looking for uh, a job to play. So, you know, any GMs out there, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So no, GMs besides- that are...
1: Exactly. Uh, any GMs out there that are uh, looking to get uh, what would you say like ten and eight kind of minutes, you know, every night? I think that's that's where you're you're looking to start out at, right? Ten and eight. Yeah, kind I of mean, night?
2: Shoot, I'll I'll fill up someone's water if they pay me enough money. You know, <laughs> I'm a team player.
1: <laughs> and uh, joining us from Barstool, long time coming to get him on the podcast, but uh, he's of newfound Barstool fame after graduating last year from the old University of Dayton. I'm talking about the man, Dukes. Uh, barstool's finest intern what's going on tonight dukes how's it uh treating you in new york city
3: new york's fine i mean I'm just in pain i mean the past 24 hours have been absolute pain losing to florida <laughs> doesn't have me doesn't have me on a good wednesday but we're, we're here <laughs> We're doing it. Dukes, it.
1: It's so funny. So for listeners, um, I got in touch with Dukes because he had some things that we were going to come on and disagreed about. And we're going to get to that later on in the show. But what's funny is the original reason that I brought him on to disagree with me was before we lost to Fordham. So now we have this entire other thing to talk about losing to Fordham before we get to the other thing where I really did want to get Duke's perspective, because like I said, the show's best when people are disagreeing with me. So, Duke's first question of the night, man. Um, a video is circulating of, of you today in the Barstool office, uh, pulling your hair out, watching the Dayton game. And it looked a lot like how I watch a game, just like just absolutely erratic, like running around. Like I'm usually yelling at yeah. the television, even though I'm like in my living room. So what is it like watching a basketball game at the Barstool office? Because it feels miserable.
3: It's so miserable because everyone's, everyone's sitting there like, oh my gosh, Dayton sucks. Oh, Dayton stinks this year. They're a one shot wonder. And then they're like, you're going to lose to fucking Fordham. I'm like, oh my gosh. like, And then I, they lose to Fordham and I'm losing my mind. I mean, and everything's always on camera. Everything's always like in your face, so like nothing you can do is ever private. It's always all public. So that that's what I was going to say.
1: That's the hardest part is that everyone pulls out their camera phones. Like there's like when I see videos in the Barstool office, there's usually people filming other people filming. Like at yeah. all
3: times, there's all angles. It's like a movie set. There's seven different angles of someone losing their mind. And the best content at Barstool is when a fan loses. So last night, everyone was like, "Good job, Dukes!" Like that yeah. was like, what do you mean? Good job. We lost a Fordham. Your coach can't even celebrate right
1: yeah and that's the funniest thing like when i think back on the the big cat videos like i do get a whole lot of pleasure out of watching like wisconsin get blanked yeah. because like you see him and he's just dying on the couch and i'm like i know that feeling like i've been there we've all been there
3: <laughs> yeah I, I think any true fan knows what it like i say i felt as high as ever last february last march with the dayton team last night I was as low as a fan as you could come. I was six feet under. Couldn't go lower.
1: <laughs> as a former player, Ryan, like, what? how did you take it in last night? Like, what was going through your head when it hit zeros? Because we were supposed to – for our listeners, we were supposed to record this podcast last night, Tuesday night, right after the game, and we held off 24 hours so we could all clear our heads.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of in the same boat as you guys. I was kind of in disbelief that it was – as close of a game as it was um and even like once the guy hit a three um he hit that wing three i was thinking to myself like all right whatever we're just gonna win a slot they're gonna come down coach grant's gonna drop a play we're gonna hit a shot and it's gonna be like i still had confidence that we were gonna win the game even though it was really close and then once ibby missed it i was just like we just lost to Fordham. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: 24 Nine hours later like me, i have
1: to laugh i have to laugh
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I did too. I just kind of like, wow. Like it was just, I I was in disbelief. And then, um, you know, then you read all the reactions and stuff on Twitter and stuff like that. It's just like, I mean, as a fan, we can't really do much about it. Um, As a former player, I wish I could. I wish I could help, but
1: like, you're one of us on
2: my couch. So,
1: yeah, (laughs) that was, you know, I gotta tell you guys that, um, it being honest, um, I was most pissed for 39 minutes and 40 seconds because I put down like a stone cold lock on the day on Twitter that Dayton was gonna cover, right? So I had to eat that crow. And then last night, I actually doubled down on it and I actually put money on my own bet, which I do about 50% of the time. And I went hard last night. I was like, you know what? I've been on the schneid for weeks. so I'm going to throw a hundred at this. Right. So I was for those 39 minutes and 40 seconds. I was just pissed about the spread because in my head, I treated it like a Steelers Browns game. I was like, or a Bengals game right now, I guess, where I'm like, okay, the Steelers aren't going to lose this game. And I was like that. I was like, Dayton is not going to lose the Fordham, but man, the spread is effed right now. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, we're not going to lose the Fordham. We're not going to lose. And then he, like you said, he made the three and I'm like, Ugh. We're not going to lose the Fordham, and then when we came out of that timeout and started passing the ball around the top of the key with like ten seconds left, that was when I like had my moment. I was like, "Oh my fucking god, we're going (laughs) to lose the Fordham! I can't believe this." Uh, Um, dudes, where were you at on that? Like, when did when did it hit you that like, "Oh my god, we're going to lose the Fordham?"
3: I when Jalen was holding the ball up there, it felt like forty seconds, and all I was thinking to myself is, "Why not at least chuck it up if you're Jalen?" Because one. He wasn't. He didn't shoot well from three last night. He was think he was like zero for three. But Everybody was Jordy, bad. yeah, everyone was bad. But Jordy was eating the glass. I think he had like sixteen rebounds. So I was like, why yeah. not chuck it up earlier? Right. So at least you get a second chance opportunity. So I was a little confused with that. Uh, I don't know why they waited so deep in the shot clock or in the in the uh, game. It just didn't make sense to me. Tell me what
1: you saw on that last that last yeah. sequence there when the Flyers went two for one in the last minute.
2: So I kind of I went and re watched the game. Um, and I saw that last play, and it looked like they were trying to get Jalen kind of down. So they, I think they ended up setting a, a double, like, stagger screen for Ibby to see if were, that shot was open. That shot wasn't there. So he gave it back to Jalen. And then it almost looked like Fordham switched to, like, a zone. So when they got in a zone, the man play, if Coach Grant drew up a man play, then that's, like, a wash. And so that's why I think Jalen was kind of sitting there dribbling the ball. And then Ibby obviously made that cut to the middle. And then that's where he got a shot in the corner. I mean, it still wasn't like a horrible look, but I, yeah, I was kind of with you too. I was um, a little confused, but I'm I'm assuming that's where the confusion came in.
1: I mean, it's a one point game. Like you shouldn't, in my eyes, like you shouldn't be settling for a three in any, in any case, you know, like your best option there analytically is you get to the rim any way possible, because even if you miss like chances, you're going to draw a foul are pretty good. Now, last night, it could probably be a, Friggin' charge call, but we'll get into that in a second. So, Ryan, but basically what you're saying is that Grant drew up a play for man. He didn't account for the fact that they were going to switch into a zone. That's basically what you're saying, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that would be my only uh, assumption with the play. I think it was – like, I I think it was initially – like, I think the end result, they wanted to get Jalen downhill. Uh, I think they wanted Jordy to kind of set a screen for him and get Jalen in the paint because, I mean, he was able to get in the paint for the most part, we just really weren't knocking down threes. Um, So I think that was the end goal, but I think them switching up their defenses and kind of mess with their play at the end.
1: Dukes, I know that you, you kind of been high on the team just from the efficiency standpoint, because, you know, when we're not turning the ball over, like Dayton actually is a pretty efficient team across the board. I mean, they shoot the three ball. Well, we're still one of the most efficient two point shooting teams. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but the turnovers are so bad. I mean, like what what stood out to you the most last night when you were watching?
3: That's maybe what I'm most frustrated with is what this team could be. Is exactly. Because out of the 342 eligible teams in college basketball, non-steal turnover percentage were 341, which means <laughs> that doesn't even count steals. That doesn't even count steals. Just like the, the charges, the travels, the all the little unforced turnovers were 341 out of 342. The yep. third, 342nd team is Tarleton State. We're in the yeah, same category as Tarleton State. It, it's infuriating because <laughs> we're only a couple possessions away from being undefeated. It, yep. I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. No,
1: but I mean, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we the same, like, couple of possessions away from, like, not winning any games this year? For, too? Sure.
3: <laughs> For sure. For sure. But just seeing how efficient we are offensively, and we're top 90 in both adjusted efficiency offensively and defensively, which is, like, one of three teams in the A-10. So we're like a very, very balanced team, like and our efficiency, shooting the ball is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, so a million dollar question that uh, the podcast listeners had to wait a few minutes to get Uh, Ryan, dude, what was going on at halftime? Have you ever seen anything like that? Like, did you ever in a million years think A.G. would pull some crap like that? He went full Herb Brooks, bro. He went full uh, Herb Brooks on everybody. <laughs> yeah, I
2: remember. I was it was like halftime, and I was in the kitchen making some food or whatever, not really like paying paying attention to the TV. And the next thing you know, I kind of glance and I see them running through like sets or concepts, whatever they were running. And I just kind of like, whoa, that that's that's happening. Like, I I, I wonder in my head if Coach Grant would have done that if there was fans there. I think maybe since there wasn't fans, he was even more comfortable in doing that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I've never seen something like that happen before.
1: (laughs) I was, I had somebody, I can't remember who it was, but someone yesterday asked me, they're like, you have to get Ryan's perspective on halftime. And I was like, I don't think he's going to have perspective because I don't think he's ever seen AG do some, something like that, man. I mean, that was so wild. I kind of understand his his uh,
2: what like the point he wanted to prove because obviously, you know, offensively they struggled running their their sets or running their concepts, whatever you want to call it. And so I think he just got to the point where he was like, you know what, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna run through some stuff, we're gonna run through some actions, and we're gonna see if it works in the second half. That's I mean that's my only
1: guess. <laughs> Dukes, was there banter in the Barstow office about that, or had the game not been turned on yet?
3: I got so much shit for that. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, you needed extra practice and you still couldn't beat Fordham. I saw them practicing and I threw more on Dayton because I was like, there's no chance we lose now. We're getting yeah. more practice than Fordham. It, oh, <laughs> that was crazy. And everyone's like, I think Dayton's on the floor practicing right now. And I'm like, no, nah, that's, there's no way that doesn't sound right. And then you look up on the screen and they're, they're, they're running sets. <laughs> they're doing pick and rolls.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. That, that was honestly just so bizarre. Um, But I mean, like, I don't know, Ryan, I I know that you've watched every game this year and this Mm -hmm. team just for whatever reason, just can't figure it out on offense. And, um, I don't know, like, uh, let's put it this way. There's not being able to figure it out on offense, and then there's, like, legitimately struggling to score baskets every time down the floor, and mm-hmm. and we're falling more into the latter because, like, okay, you know, I'll give them credence for for Chase Johnson leaving school, you know, like, they've had to shift things up. Um, Rodney went out with injury. Like, I get all that, but the offense just looks so bad, like, and and I can't quite figure out like why Jalen isn't taking more shots, being more aggressive. Cause you saw it last night. I mean, if he didn't pass the ball in the second half, I wouldn't have cared at all. I mean, what do you take from that on the offensive side? Like, is it, is it a personnel issue? Is it the guys just not trusting each other with the ball? I mean, I can't figure it out for the life of me, man.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I wish I had a a, a good solution to that answer, but um, I mean, I can, you kind of look at their roster and, really the only people out there who have played extended minutes for a significant amount of time are Jalen and Ibby. I mean, every, everyone else, you know, Jordy, like I said, he played, he was on the team last year, but he never played those extended minutes, what he's playing now. I think he's playing close to 25 to 30 minutes a game. Um, so, you know, just getting those guys together and not having preseason, not having summer to kind of run through the concepts and stuff, I think definitely hurts this team. Um, but I mean, there's enough pieces there. I, like I, I'm kind of with you at this point. Like I feel like there's something going on where uh, they're just not running their sets smoothly, or they're out there just thinking too much. Where I, I felt like last year we had a good—I um, don't—I don't know if it's a team chemistry issue or what, but we had a good chemistry out there where we flowed into a lot of uh, a lot of things, and we had guys with you know, I guess older guys who had higher basketball IQs who kind of understood. Uh, time and place and in different situations and whether this team switching or this team switching, we need to look for this option or uh, the flares not working. Let's switch to, you know, screening our own man and and see if we can get a shot in the corner. Just like different stuff like that um, that I think um, is kind of lacking from this team. Um, But, you know, I'm kind of with you, you know, talent wise, there's enough out there. I just think it's, it's just a matter of time. They can string it together and be consistent for a full 40 minute game.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like the solutions are, are fairly simple, like and, and I, I hate I hate to do that, but I, I really do think the solution is simple. If UD turns the ball over half as much as they do normally, like they're going to win games. Um, and, and, I, and I mean, it, yesterday it was the same way. I mean, <laughs> dudes I, I can't even imagine the yell that you were doing when all those charge calls happened because I was absolutely losing it, losing it, dude. <laughs>
3: Navarro is without a doubt my least favorite player in the country. Congrats, Brad Davidson, you're number two now. I cannot yeah. stand Navarro. It, every I, and then Newbauer, Newbauer is complaining every two seconds when he doesn't get the charge call.
2: I've never seen I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen a player like Navarro take as many charges in a game. He
1: probably had to take what close to six or seven charges. I think so. I think, I think six, yeah. six or seven, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Ryan, like what do you do about that in a game? Because you hear like me, guys? It, it, anything yeah yeah we can hear you you're fine um like what do you what do you do about that in a game ryan because it's like i by what mid first half you were like okay the game plan is to bait the middle and then slide underneath the driver like that was the game plan for fordham that was what they decided they were going to go into the game doing and my thing was i was kind of pissed at dayton after a while because i was like this is the game plan like you guys gotta recognize this so I mean, my question, you, you've you lived it. Like, what do you do against that kind of like, I'm just going to call it what it is, is a chicken shit game plan. You know, it's, it's guys that don't have enough skill. It's kind of like it's kind of like people that um, you know, when you played high school and there's no shot clock and you know you're going to get stomped. So you're like, all right, man, we're going to like hold the ball. It was kind of akin to that. It's like, all right, we know we're not good enough to beat you, so we're going to do a bunch of chicken shit nonsense to draw charges. Right. So it's a long way to get to my question, Ryan, but like, how do you counteract that? man?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think at some point you just have to realize like, okay, I'm getting into the paint and someone wants to slide underneath me. Like you have to realize like this guy wants to take charges. So I need to, you know, instead of taking off on one foot and passing, I need to make sure I get to jumps stop so I don't run this guy over. Cause it's clearly the refs are looking for the charge. And I mean, I'm not surprised by, you know, what you call it, the chicken shit or whatever strategy because Fordham, they're always talk. trying stuff like, I mean, they're always doing triangles and twos, boxing ones, whatever, just throwing weird defenses at you. So for them to have a strategy like this, I'm I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> That's uh, years of playing Fordham right there. Just uh, just coming. Yeah, through, I mean, man.
2: I'm serious. We would we would prepare for them and then we would get into the game and they would throw this like random defense, like a. A matchup 3-2 zone that we've never seen him play before and it's like what what are you but like like I said I'm I'm not surprised
1: yeah um Oh, man, I, that, I think that was as I'm thinking back in the game, like it, the fact that we lost obviously trumps all of it. But when I thought back on kind of random sequences, that was the one thing I just couldn't get over, like charge call after charge call after charge call. And um, yeah. it, it, the lady ref especially really loved making charge calls. I mean, you know, yeah. lady refs love them. Yeah. All right. They're great. But the lady ref was really loving making a lot of those charge calls, wasn't she, Dukes?
3: Yeah. The thing is, <laughs> it was all the charges. And then how Fordham just decided to become the Golden State Warriors last night. I mean, they shoot 25%. <laughs> I was going to say that, too. I and was going to say that, too. 25% from three. One of the worst teams in the country, and they shot 50 last night. And we shot 17. Like, that's, <laughs> that's insane. And they're, they're not – like Ryan said, they are not a bad defensive team.
1: No. They're,
3: they're not bad at all. So I was expecting this to be, like, going under the game. I thought this would be, like, a 60 to, like, 58 game or, like, 60 to 50 game. But I did not see Fordham – shooting 50% from deep.
1: Yeah. And um, to, to hammer home Duke's point for people at home um, when he says, you know, they're, they're not bad on defense. They're actually um, better than D one average on defense, which is saying something for a team as bad offensively as Fordham is because like right now in Ken Palm, like they're forty three. So the fact that they have an above average uh, above D one average defense is actually quite impressive. Um, I guess that just kind of speaks to their offense, you know, just, being anemic but um Ryan speak to like how hard it is to get up for a game in Rose Hill gym because I mean it was even worse yesterday with no fans right
2: yeah um i I remember a couple times we we went there and it's just a different um it's just a different vibe like you, you walk in there and um my I mean when I was younger uh scooch was obviously on the team and so most of his family and his friends were at the game and and yeah. so they kind of made up most of the crowd. So it was kind of like a Dayton <laughs> crowd anyway. Yeah. Uh, we, we really didn't – it was. It didn't really feel like an away game ever any time we played there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a small – like, it's like a high school gym feeling. Um, even, even some high school gyms, like, bring uh, a tighter crowd than what, you know, I've played there before. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough place to play. But at the end of the day, like – you're you're a division one college basketball player you just gotta you gotta be able to try, kind of deal with the circumstance at hand and,
1: and take care of the business dukes you said you were with some fordham guys last night i mean they must have been having their day right there yeah. with you right
3: well yeah because it's so it's so funny because they're probably scoochie's age so they're all like oh we know scoochie smith like it's like he, they he, they told the same story how they'd be at the game and all of Scoochie's family would be screaming the entire thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was Good. Cool. I'm telling you, like there would probably be two hundred to two hundred and fifty people. They would what? all be two hundred like Scooch's. It was yeah, I'm telling you, it was crazy. They were they were all we had an entire section just dedicated for Scooch's family. Wow. <laughs> I was getting so
3: much shit. I was getting so much shit from the Fordham guys and I was like, Well, <laughs> just watch out because Scoochie's brother's coming next year and we're gonna we're gonna bring back the Smiths to the uh Rose Hill. So I'm excited. <laughs> Now that I'm in New York, I'm going to go to Rose Hill all the time, bring the uh, bring the heat for the Flyer fans.
1: Hey, gang, if you've heard the whiplash sound, that means we're taking a quick break. And we're taking a quick break to remind you that the second half hour of the program tonight is brought to you by our friends at Sherholtz Printing. You remember them. Family owned and operated in Kettering since 1974, servicing the entire Miami Valley. If it is printed, they can help. Check out the website for many printing options. All you got to do is go to Sherholtz. Printing.com S-C-H-U-E-R-H-O-L-Z-Printing.com. Design, pre-press, digital printing and offset, bindery and fulfillment. If it's printed, they can help. They make it simple. They make you look good. And like I said, they're a local business right here in Dayton, 937-294-5218. Or go to SureHoltzPrinting.com. They're bringing you the second half hour of the show. Let's get right back into it. Yeah, man. I mean, look, they're going to be able to hear you. I mean, Ryan can attest <laughs> that uh, when we were together for the SMU game, the refs and the players on the court very much could hear me in UD arena. And that's a, that's a, lot, that's a lot bigger of a building um, than, than Rose Hill gym. Ryan, I, I love telling the story of going back and forth with the referee at the SMU game because you're just like, it's just such a bizarre thing with no fans, right? Like you're playing in this big game and the guy in the second row can just like start chirping the referees. Um, I guess that's, it's a sign of the times with 2020. Right. But um, yeah. we, we could talk the Fordham game to death. Um, and I, I don't know, guys, the, do you guys have any more thoughts on that just shit show of a game? And, and I'm going to, I, we've been kind of nice on this. I really did think that was one of the more embarrassing program losses I've ever seen. And I'm talking about, it's up there with, with, uh, Archie's loss to Buffalo in his first year. Um, Anthony Grant, you, remember you guys lost to Penn. That was a terrible loss, but like this one was, was kind of, yeah. this one was kind of worse. Um, I don't know, like, I I like I have glossed over the fact that it was really terrible, but last night I really just, I felt, it. I it, like, transcended anger for me. Like, I wasn't angry, I was just so disappointed in our guys. Like, I felt like a scorned parent, you know? Like, guys, like, I believed in you so much, like, I thought you would never do this to me, but here you are. I was, my buddy was like, how heated were you? I was like, I wasn't heated at all, I was, like, lifeless, disappointed that, like, it, it felt like, I don't know, like my girlfriend dumped me or something. It was just mm-hmm. such a deep, like they had let me down, you know? And I feel like that's what I wanted to get across to people today, like have a longer forum to talk about this. Cause it's like, I, I I went on Twitter and I was like, this is the most embarrassing loss. And I'm ashamed for people that root for the program. And the only reason is cause I felt like the team let us down. I felt like, you know, they should have put together a stronger effort. Um, But, but more than that, you know, we should never be losing a Fordham. Like if we're going to hold our program up and we're going to say, we're Dayton, we're the best this conference has to offer. You got to get through us. If you're going to win the conference. I mean, these are games that no longer, you know, can be losses. And, and exactly what I mean is that I, you know, I hear all the time. Oh, Dayton wants to be Gonzaga, the Midwest, blah, blah, blah. And I tell people how unrealistic that is because Gonzaga has made the tournament 20 years in a row. But if you even want to get more granular, how many times do you think Gonzaga has lost to Pacific at home in the last 20 years or even on the road? Like, Gonzaga doesn't lose those games, and that's how you get to the next level as a program is that you always, always, always win these games. So I guess I should give you guys one more, like, crack at it. You. Ryan, what else is there to say about the game? <clears throat> um,
2: Well, like, kind of like you said, like, it's such a, like, disappointing loss and like as a fan i understand why you guys care so much and i understand why you guys like like you said you you care so much you want the program to be as good as it can be and like up there with the gonzaga up there with the you know the butlers and the xaviers and stuff like that but like you said we can't the the program shouldn't be losing to fordham they shouldn't be losing to lasalle you know like in Coach Grant and all the players, like, they understand that. And, you know, after the game, I can about guarantee they they had worse feelings than any of the fans um, you know, watching the game had. And it just you know, I I just I know I know you get it, but like some of the fans, I, I don't think they understand how much players put into a college basketball season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they like, they do have feelings, and, like, whenever they lose to Fordham, they lose to LaSalle, like, it does crush their soul a little bit, so, like, we just have to kind of realize, like, at the same time, like, all right, these guys are human beings, like, they do care, it just, for whatever reason right now, it's just not, it's just not clicking right now with the team, so, um but, I mean, what you said, you're not wrong by any means, like, I, I agree 100% with you, like, if you want to be the program you want it to be, you can't be losing games like this. Dukes feel the same way. I'm
1: I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yeah.
3: I uh, similar thoughts. I was just like, I'm not I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. It's like when you come home and you get like caught drinking or something when you're underage. Like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, which is always worse. But
2: exactly it's always I worse.
3: do I do want to highlight one thing from yesterday, just because there was so much bad well, also going off the bad, how bad we are at Defending the three-point shot just continued last night. So that was just something that we need to figure out completely because our defense isn't bad. Our three-point defending is really bad. But a highlight of last night, I thought Zimmy looked really good. I thought Zimmy was a highlight of last night.
1: Finally broke out of his, uh, I don't want to call it a funk. I just don't think we had seen really enough from him. And every time he came in, I called him a giraffe on skates. It's just, he just always kind of looked like he was out of place, like didn't know what to do, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: See, it's my job. I have to, I have to paint that picture for people that are listening on the radio. So you now everyone in the show is picturing a giraffe on skates right now. You see, see how this works. That's good radio. Okay. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, i got I got a you know a ton of crap last night for for that and and I'm just speaking on twitter and it's it's just Twitter I mean I know that people are going to kind of come out of the woodwork because I said that you know i I invest a lot of time in into this program and um and I love doing it you know I love the flyers i love I love having this radio show, I love talking to guys like yourself about hoops, and I said that last night when I was watching the game. I felt like I cared more than the guys on the floor. You know, that's how I felt. And that's where the Mm -hmm. disappointment comes from, you know, because just like you said, Ryan, like, yeah, man, I follow this program like 365. I know how hard the guys work. I know how long the summer workouts are. You know, I know how hard the practices are. I know how demanding AG is. I know how much he's a winner. I know how much time all these guys put in to being college basketball players. Never for a second... Do I ever think that I care more than they do? I just felt like last night when I was watching that I cared more. And that was what really just, like, disappointed me, you know? Like, I hope that makes sense to people. I don't know.
2: No, that makes – I mean, like you said, like, I am I was the same way as you. Like, I'm watching from my couch and, you know, watching that game, I was, you know, disappointed and, um, you know, you, you just – You just kind of deal with it. There's nothing we can really do about it, but hope and cheer and and be hopeful that the team can can kind of get it together, which, you know, I'm I'm an optimistic person. I think this team will be a team that, you know, it gets hot. And then once they get hot, they'll get um, hopefully rolling and better basketball towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah, let's let's go that direction now. Um, obviously, let's you know let's be honest with all the listeners. Uh, you know, the at large bid is is well out the window at this point, and we're you know we're playing for three days in Brooklyn to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, so let's go there, Dukes. I mean, how does this team get hot? What does that look like to you? Because to me, it looks like Crutcher being aggressive. I've said this a million times: getting twenty shots a night being the guy every single night. I think that's how this team starts rolling. What do you think?
3: Well, how do we get there? We have to get healthy first. Uh, sure. We just found out that we're going to get chat back in six to eight weeks, which I think is right before the tournament. Yep. So that'll be clutch. That'll be big before the tournament. But I also think the emergence of Weaver. I think Weaver's got to start developing more. He went 0 for 3 last night from three-pointer. I, I, we just need to see him make more plays, probably be fill in the role that chat played. Where he can drive, start the offense, start the rotation, and I think if we start, if we start, I think that we're still efficient offensively. I just oh, think yeah. that we have to stop turning over the ball. Honestly, that's that's our biggest issue with the turnovers.
1: Number one, yeah, a number one, um, Ryan. You know, same question, to you man. Like what you said, like I believe this team's going to get it rolling. What does that formula look like to you?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, they need to figure out some kinks on offense. Um, you know, just watching the game and knowing how the offense should flow, it's just not flowing the way it, it's meant to flow. Um, yep. You know, last year you saw us getting a lot of easy baskets, a lot of dunks, a lot of open threes, uh, getting out in transition. I, I don't think the team um, gets out in transition as much. Uh, I don't know if maybe that's the personnel or, you know, cause, cause we, we had last year, we had five guys on the floor who could get the ball and we could just get out and run. And this year they don't really have that luxury, but um, I would love to see them get, get out and transition more and see if they can get those easy looks. And then, you know, once you hit a layup, you know, these guys, especially young guys, they just see the ball go in the basket. And, you know, they start hitting threes and, and get it rolling from there. So I think offensively um, they just need to figure out some kinks have a, have a little, have a little more flow to their offense instead of kind of holding the ball and looking at coach Grant and trying to figure out what play they should run. Um, you know, and defensively, I honestly, I thought they looked pretty good defensively. Like you said, I mean, defending the three point line, that's what gets you beaten college basketball. So if you can run guys off the line and make them shoot contested twos over Jordy, I'm going to live with that because percentages and analytics are going to be in Dayton's favor if they're shooting contested twos the whole night.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, The the one thing I I very much agree with is that this team just like is allergic to getting out on the fast break. And like you said, I don't know if it's they don't want to do it. AG's telling them to run sets. Um, I don't think this offense is at its best when they're running half court sets. I think they're they have guys that can get down the floor and I've been continuously puzzled like why they they just won't do it and it's 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 very strange to me especially after watching last year when like obi wanted nothing more than to beat everyone down the floor and dunk the ball into the earth (laughs) like you know what i mean like i've never seen guys so hungry to like run down the floor (laughs)
2: as obi right yeah he was he's been like that he was like that since he got on campus like he just was so thirsty to get out and dunk the ball. Like, it was, it was unbelievable. And it showed during games. Like, once he got to games, he's doing the exact same thing. And he, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's what you get when you have a national player. Yeah. National player of the year on your team.
1: And, and I think that's the thing that, that people are scratching their heads at the most. Or, sorry, like, the biggest question right now, um, Ryan, is, like, you know is this just because they lost obi or is there bigger issues at play and i i tend to think it's the latter like i i went into the season very bullish on this team i thought they had enough pieces to get to the tournament and i can tell you after they beat old miss that whole christmas break i was like i think we have enough pieces you know you know losing chase johnson was huge but this team just for whatever reason just hasn't Figured out who they are, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, Dudes, I I wanted definitely your perspective on this because, like, we haven't a big enough sample size now, right? We have Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I can't tell you who this team is besides like a bad offensive team, right? Like, what's their identity?
3: I, but this is a tale of two different teams, in my opinion. When I was really bullish on this team, there's the 2020 Flyers, which is the teams that beat Ole Miss, lost on the buzzer beater to SMU, beat uh, Mississippi State. Then after they went home for Christmas break because Coach Grant gave them Christmas off, they came back, Chase, Chase got lost to uh, post-concussive syndrome, and then you had Mustafa come in and he had two practices. So this t- new team is all fairly new to me. They look lost offensively, so I'm going to completely agree with you. But yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to place the blame on Jalen because I don't really think this is on him. I think he, he's actually doing a very good job of facilitating the ball this year. Way more than last year. I think but last that's year. That's problem. I mean, I yeah. feel
1: like that's the problem. Like, keep the ball. I, w- I don't want the ball going to anybody else right now, right?
3: No, I, I and I, I can't argue with you anymore. I'm like, I, I can't argue with that anymore. But I do I do think that he's he's making his shots, but in the conference games, he hasn't. And in the games where he has to step up and be the man in the late moments against LaSalle and against Fordham, he, he just hasn't played well. I think he's shot like 30% from three. In conference games and in out of conference games, he's shooting like 41%, mm-hmm. which is telling me that like, they almost seem like it almost seems like they decide when they want to when they want to play and when they want to turn it off. And it seems like they're playing down to their opponents and playing up to their opponents, which I think is a bad formula.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's absolutely right. This team definitely plays to their exact competition every single night um, for better or for worse, man. and. Um, we're uh, getting towards the back half of the podcast with Dukes and Ryan Mikecell. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining in after a, a brutal loss to Fordham. Don't tune us out. We're going to have a good radio show the rest of the season. Um, <clears throat> but that brings me to, to my next point. And Dukes, this was obviously the original reason that we got together, wanted to do the cast so that somebody's out here disagreeing with me. And and I did eat some crow for this one, and did did I did admit mistake on this one. Um, but it's it's worth rehashing nonetheless. After the LaSalle game, this would have been uh, on uh, New Year's Eve, I believe. Um, the, Jalen Crusher went on to Twitter and, you know, basically kind of commented on how, oh, you, you know how those fans are criticizing the team after a loss. And in my intention with the comment, I I did add, I had mentioned him on Twitter and I said, hey, you know, you, you're going to want to stay off Twitter. Like nothing good is going to come of it. And especially after a loss to LaSalle and my intention was was pure. Like I really don't think that there is any value on the players being on Twitter, like at all, at any point during the season, because it you know there's just going to be assholes that are just going to spew crap at you. Like it's never going to be a positive experience for you to be on social media. Number one, and number two, you're not going to gain anything from it. I mean, this just happened with with my Steelers. Like Juju's social media was getting so distracting in the locker room that to tell him to stop. Right, and it's really no no different here. And, and my comment to him was basically just stay off Twitter. But moreover than that, I just, you know, for me, I kept being so critical of him because I was like, where's all American crutcher. Where's, you know, where's our guy. Where's the man. Where's this aggressiveness. You know, where's the, I'm going to take over and win this game myself. Where's the, I do this shit guy. Like, where is he? And and, you know, after games, I think that manifests itself in bad ways where like I'm, I'm on Twitter and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm effing pissed off and God, that sucked. And God, I have to blame Crutcher for this, you know, like that comes off very harsh. But in reality, like really all I'm saying is, hey, I believe in this guy so much that I just cannot figure out why he's not being the guy. And I'm, I'm going to blame him for not being the guy because I think that's what he's capable of. So because I know you had your own thoughts on that.
3: One. Yeah. So basically what I'll say is uh, Jalen's role this year to last year is completely different. He, I, I also, I also think he's way better off the ball, like kind of like Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry's better off the ball when he's running around opening himself. But I also don't think when you were criticizing crutch, you don't understand what comes, I, you obviously do understand, but like, The Dayton fans listen to you. So when you're saying you should stay off Twitter, where's our All-American? They're going to be in his mentions and they're going to be going at him. And I don't think that, I think that it creates a toxic environment, especially on Twitter. And these are just college students. Like they're going to be on Twitter. They're on Instagram. They're on TikTok. I mean, Jordy's on TikTok. But it's, yeah, Jordy's on TikTok. But I just think that when Jalen's seeing you go at him. Yeah, yeah. Jordy, stay off TikTok. No Corvette, Corvette. (laughs)
1: He's going to be dancing on people's logos before we know it.
3: Right? <laughs> but I, I just think that, you know, Jalen, Jalen, probably like, maybe that should be a rule to stay off Twitter or whatever, but he's just a college kid. He's allowed to, I mean, they don't really, they can't go out. They can't really do anything. So this is their lives. I mean, we, we are in a pandemic. So these kids really only have Xbox basketball and like social media. So I do think that when you go, Go at him. He he is going to see this because Dayton's also a small Twitter sphere. You know what I'm saying?
1: For sure, for sure. Um, so I think it just gets
3: into his head a little bit.
1: Yeah, that that's you know that's more than fair, man. And you're right. Like it doesn't, and that's why I stepped it back. And I was like, you know what, that wasn't the right thing to do, even though like you know I wanted to have good intentions. You're right. It just kind of creates this toxic environment, and our Twitter sphere is is really not all that large as much as I want to think it is um ryan did you guys have a rule like that where ag was like hey stay off social media or twitter or whatever the hell
2: no i mean i wouldn't say like a particular rule um obviously he just said don't be you know don't be stupid about it you know obviously uh carry yourself with class don't be on on twitter tweeting you know crazy stuff or on instagram posting crazy stuff um but like as a player i i don't like it when players say oh i don't look at social media or anything like that because like it's twenty twenty. Everybody has social media for the most part. And like we all see the articles, we see you know, like I was reading Twitter all last year and um, you know, now I'm obviously a lot more vocal on it. I can express my my opinions and stuff like that. Um, but like, yeah, the whole situation with you and Jalen on Twitter, like, you know, just knowing J Jaylen, like Jalen's my guy and I, I would never say anything bad about him or anything like that. Should he have probably should he have tweeted at back at you and said stuff? Probably not, but like at the end of the day, like I'm sure he understands why you were frustrated and stuff like that. Like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it a bigger deal than what it is. Like it's just yeah. Twitter. It's just, yeah,
1: exactly. And, and for the record, like he didn't really tweet anything at me. It was just kind of like, it it, what it was was his cousin came on was like man those real fans uh you know they're they're not really loyal with the team right now you know it was something like along those lines and he's like oh you know how those real fans be and funny enough I actually I think it was his cousin or his brother um but we caught up in the dms like a couple of days later and I was like hey man like you know I didn't like mean disrespect to Jalen you know and he's like nah no I know you didn't man like you know you just expect more out of the program and it's funny because like me and him had this one-on-one conversation where we both knew like what I was getting at, you know, yeah. but again, like what we're talking about is it, it just turns into this whole other thing. And, but I will say this guys, I will say this. And this is where I, I, I have trouble toeing the line, being the heel guy, right? If I tweet out something that Crutcher sees where I'm like, Hey, um, you know, John Moran can't help him get buckets or something stupid like that, making a joke, you know? if I, if he yeah. sees that and then it motivates him to go score twenty five points in my face, I'm all for it all right so I need everybody to understand <laughs> oh, what kind yeah. of you I am because yeah. i am all for I, saw that. That I saw
2: that I saw that on twitter i think uh who 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 tweeted that who tweeted that i like tweeted i replied underneath him and said like shit, I'll be next in line if you if you're <laughs> playing like this
1: that's what i mean right it was, so it, it it's like a that. it's a fine line right because i I'd love to be that guy. If people need to hate me for that reason, like that's totally fine. But the story I always think about, maybe you guys have seen the stock. You guys ever seen the winning time documentary by um yeah. thirty for thirty, you know, the Reggie Miller? Yeah. So, oh yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. In situations like this, I always think about Mark Jackson where he was like, I was Reggie's hype man. I was in his corner. I was like, they don't believe in you. They don't think you can do it. They don't think you can score. You you can't play in the garden. Like, you got haters everywhere. And I think to myself, I'm like, man, I'd love to be somebody's Mark Jackson on Twitter. I'd love it.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, that stuff like, like people who don't see everything like in practices and like if guys need like motivated, that's – I mean, that's what we do to each other. We talk trash. We talk shit. We – get in their head, tell them they can't do this. We can't do like, they can't do that. And I mean, you know, if it works on Twitter, then
1: I mean, so be it. What's the yeah. deal? <laughs> That's exactly right. Do you have anything to add on that, on that front brother?
3: No, not really. Just besides the fact that I was, I was against you after LaSalle cause I thought that was too early to call the season. But after Fordham, I, I, I'm just like, this is a bad time to talk about it. Yeah. We're talking about it after a Fordham loss. So like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, I can't really say anything to really stick up for Jalen or the program or really anything. Cause we just lost a freaking LaSalle and Fordham.
1: Yeah. And, um, and the other thing I said, Ryan was like, if, if that's the worst thing that any guy on the team is going to hear is like my chirping on Twitter. Like people can't honestly believe that that's the worst thing you guys are going to hear. I mean, how many times last year? Well, maybe not last year cause you guys were really good, but like you've heard AG lay into somebody. Right. And like, the man the man speaks what he wants you know and when he wants something out of you he's going to motivate you right
2: yeah for sure i mean i mean coach grant he's he's such a good um motivator in a sense like he knows what makes you tick and he knows kind of to hit those certain uh boxes that kind of puts you in a different gear gives you that extra sense of urgency um so i mean you like you said you, if the worst thing they hear is you chirping on twitter a little bit then you know, they're living a pretty easy life.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, man. You better get ready for the lead because, like, you know, Ovi, yeah. like, he's probably got, like, 10,000 people that are talking crap to him every night if he plays bad in the garden. You know, Knicks fans right. are brutal yeah. out there.
2: I'm sure they're talking trash to him right now because he's hurt and he's not playing. Like, oh, you soft, you don't want to play, you're injured, all this stuff. <laughs> they are.
3: Yeah. They are. I can't confirm.
2: You said uh, you can
0: confirm?
3: Yeah, they are. After the first game, they go, yo, dudes. Tell your boy, Obi to start dunking more and stop taking threes. I was like, oh, my gosh. If this is going to happen for the next four years, my God. I was like, stop oh, complaining. <laughs> you guys are going to love him. Yeah,
1: yeah you're, no, you're I, close I, to I, the fire there in New York, man. You're probably getting like – Two yeah. blocks over. Yeah. he's right. two
3: blocks away from me. There you go.
1: You're right there. What were you going to say, Ryan?
2: I was just going to say, Dudes, I kind of like go back to your point. Dudes made a good point just saying like, you know we like you guys are obviously very engaged fans and very engaged listeners but to the to the to the fans that do kind of listen to this podcast and do follow you know the sully brand or whatever like some of them they do see you tweet and they do see you say some of this stuff and they take it to like the whole other extreme whereas like You didn't mean to go that far, but some of these other people who aren't as intelligent as you guys will, like, take it and kind of run with it. And I think those people are the ones that it's like, all right, like, you need to just relax a little bit. It was just a tweet, like, it's not a, you know, a huge deal, but um, I just kind of wanted to reiterate that because I thought that was, when he was talking about that, I thought that was a really good point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right, man. And, and, and again, dude, like that's why I had you on, man. Cause I knew you would, you would give us like a different perspective. Cause you're right. Like once those little things turn into like life of their own mm-hmm. things, like that's when it becomes a distraction. And, um and that was where like, after the fact, a couple of my boys were like, Hey, like you probably shouldn't have done that. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Cause you know, at the end of the day, like I, you know, I, I think, and here's here's what I will air out and be very honest about the thing that really hurt me and I rarely ever get like hurt by what somebody says on Twitter like comes at me but I was actually hurt that people thought that I was like dumping on the guys just for the sake of it or that I like didn't like the team or that I like hated the players for losing like it wasn't like that man I just care about them so much and I like I you know I see the potential in this team and I think that when you only have 160 characters, whatever the hell it is on Twitter now, you can only explain a short position. And I'm thankful enough that I have a radio show to explain my position in great depth. And, and I love doing so, but you know, people that don't listen, they probably just take that out of context or like you said, they kind of take the worst part of what I said and, and kind of frame it in a way where they're like, hey, you know, this guy just hates the program and hates the players, and why is he always shitting on the players? players it's like, exactly. well, I just want us to win games, man. <laughs> that's that's really my only position, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, like, as a player,
2: like, yeah, Jalen was tweeting that stuff, but, like, at the end of the day, well, like, players aren't worried about the person on Twitter chirping at him. Like, yeah, you know, if that's what they're worried about rather than winning games, and you know, there's a bigger issue there, which – everybody on that roster you know they they're there to win games they're there to figure it out so
1: no doubt and i i said this before but of all the years i've been doing this all the, the years that like i've had twitter which basically i i think i joined twitter my senior year so that would have been like 2011 right um i can't like talking to you guys makes me feel old man it's ridiculous <laughs> um but uh, you know in all the years i've been on twitter there there is one theme and there are not a whole lot of successful college basketball players I've ever seen that get wrapped up in anything on Twitter. And I, and I specifically mean the, like I do it for the haters guys. Like the guys that are always concerned with the haters, they never go anywhere because that's all they are. They're always just concerned with the haters and you, it's so hard to be successful. And that's all you care about, you know, because you're, I guess that's always like in the back of your head. Um, but Unfortunately, Dukes, there wasn't as much to disagree with me tonight as you thought there was gonna be. And I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to set you up like that. All right.
3: Well, I think I think throughout the season we might disagree on some things, and I won't be uh I won't be afraid to call you out and say my piece.
1: Hell yeah, man. And that's what it's all about. I mean, that is the one thing I've tried to reiterate to people over the last couple of days here is that like, Hey, I'm 30, man. I'm a grown man. If you disagree with my opinion, like that's totally cool. I really, I really am like, but we have to be able to have a conversation about it because you know, it, and it's always keyboard warriors. It's always people online that think like there's no retribution or they can just say whatever they want, because I will say this too. I've been doing this show for about five years now. And, um, I, you know, I have people come up to me when I'm in Dayton and, Every single interaction I've ever had with anybody in Dayton has been overwhelmingly positive, which tells me everything that I need to know, right? Because those people aren't going to come out and and do that, you know, face to face. They're going to stand behind the keyboard and say it. Um, so I, I always do take solace in that. But like you said, man, like I got no problem with people disagreeing with my opinion or um, you know just having a discussion. Like, hey, I I don't think it's that way, right? But um, yeah, let's turn the page a little bit, guys. You're like. Dukes, where do we go from here, man? Where, just lay it on me. Where do we go from here?
3: I don't know. I mean, <laughs> as a program, as a team, as a season,
1: I guess. As, as a
3: podcast, Yes, yeah, as, as a podcast,
1: I'm still searching for those answers. <laughs> but <laughs> how, how about where does this team go this season? Because we've we've gone about an hour into this podcast and we haven't talked about my man Moose Amzil. And that dude gets so many easy buckets for a guy that just stepped on the floor. It's incredible. His, dude, his touch around the that, rim is so soft. Oh, it's baby That soft. dude
2: screams YMCA basketball. He just he he would be the best. He's gonna be the best YMCA rec basketball player once he's like fifty or sixty. Like <laughs> that dude, he, he has such an old man game to him. I love him. He 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 just like you said, it just looks so easy for him.
0: Yeah
1: contributed day one man like Mm -hmm. what what did dudes what did you see like now what we've had him for uh two three games now um what did you what do you remember seeing from night one because i got my thoughts of course
3: well i think well i was i was watching his like one of my roommates like was obsessed with mustafa when we got him a couple months ago and he goes you got to start watching his FIBA tape it's unreal this guy's gonna be a day one starter for us and once chase went down i was like he's actually gonna be a day one starter for us I, I, like, I wouldn't say that I was surprised because I expected him to kind of take in that role that Chase played. I mean, I think he extends the floor for us so well. He shoots the three really well. He shoots at like 40%. He can drive. He's got that smooth floater touch around the rim that Ryan was saying. Uh, I love his overall game. His handles are good. But I think that last night was tough. He had some turnovers last night. He was sloppy with the ball. I think last night was by far his worst game.
1: Ryan one of the questions I really wanted to ask you just as a guy who um you know I I you know you, you kind of developed the traditional way right come in as a freshman get a little bit better a little bit better lead the team senior year I mean it, you were pretty much the traditional four year guy at Dayton how hard is it to come in like that and contribute night one let alone in the middle of a season
2: Yeah no it was super impressive I was I was uh that first game uh against Sal I was just when he was out there, it didn't even seem like he like hasn't been a part of the program for whatever the, the right. beginning of the year like he just got on campus so for him to go and practice with the guys for like a week or two weeks like it, he just looked like he fit in seamlessly, which is like you said as a freshman, especially a kid who played overseas like he doesn't really understand college basketball and for him to just go in and and play the way he's doing and how comfortable and how easy it looks for him um sky's sky's the limit for him because he's the type of player who's only going to get better and better and understand and kind of manipulate the game so that he can you know the, he has that european style so he'll figure it out you know how where i can draw these fouls or where i can get this easy bus basket or i can get you know this three in, in this spot or whatever it is so um yeah i'm excited to, to see him play in the next couple of years
1: yeah, man. It's like hard to even find flaws in the guy's game. Like Duke said, mm-hmm. like extends the floor. He can run the floor. He can shoot the ball. He looks the part because he's 20 years old. I mean, Ryan, I'm not telling you anything crazy by saying when you were a freshman, bro, you looked like a freshman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like yeah, I, crazy. I a
2: whopping 190 pounds. Yeah, he looks <laughs> good. I when, when I heard his age, I thought for sure he was older because I mean – So, like, our last foreign kid, uh, Mate Sobota, who barely really played at Dayton. Uh, But he kind of reminds me of a guy like that who just understands how to play basketball. And he was just better at it than Mate was, I, I guess, at the beginning of the year. I don't know if we had a better team or a better system or whatever it was. But there's just that, like, European style in his game that he just knows how to play.
1: Yeah. And and you know what those the European guys do so well. And um and Doncic is kind of like the poster child for bringing this over to the States is that the game is like slower for them somehow. Like, I'll tell you, when I watched Donchich's tape, I was like, this guy's slow. Like, I don't think that he's going to be good in the NBA just because everything he does is so deliberate. But then when he got to the NBA, I realized that's why he's so great is that he knows what you're going to do, so his moves look deliberate because he's already anticipating what you're going to do to defend him, you know? And yeah. and that's exactly what Moose gives us. I'm going to keep calling him Moose. Sorry, guys. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to call him Moose, all
2: right? That's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> You tweeted that and I was literally laughed out loud. I, was like,
1: <laughs> I mean, if I get to call you Chip Mike's Cell for four years and put potato chip bags on on your face, then, you know, I'm going to put some antlers on this kid, like eventually in a, in like a photo editor. OK, it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, he, like his soft he had such a soft touch around the rim. And that was one thing that reminded me of Obi, because when Obi jumped onto the floor with you guys in his freshman year, redshirt freshman year, that was the first thing that stood out to me was I was like, man, this guy can fill it up just around the rim. Cause you know how it is, man. Like getting good at making quick turns and getting the ball up and in the rim, it's a lot harder than people give it credit for And guys like Moose and Obi make it look really easy. Um, and that's something I I don't necessarily want people to take for granted. Um, guys, anything to put a bow on that before I get to trivia?
3: Yeah, I just got one more point. It, it. When you were talking about, when you were talking about being, when we care, like what I tweeted last night, which is totally not true, but I said, why do I care more than the players? I don't. I, I know that the players care, care more, but it would just, it would break my heart as a fan to see Jalen, EB and uh, Rodney leave without ever going to the tournament. Like sure. that's what breaks my heart. And last night it kind of became a realization that if we don't win the A ten, these guys might not come back next year. And we might not make the tournament and they might go through Dayton without ever making a tournament, which to me is just a failure and just really sad.
2: Damn, I didn't think about that. shit.
0: <laughs>
2: you Damn got riding over here. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
3: thinking about that for a while. The whole time Sully was talking, I was like, don't forget this, dudes. Don't forget yeah, this, dudes. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, those are my guys, too. So, like, that like that hit home for me. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta, just I like, let this breathe here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I might I might cry right now. I <laughs> think no, I might too. Um, well, yeah, that's a good point. That is that's that's something to think about.
3: Yeah, because yeah. when the emotions get the best of us, we say stuff on Twitter that like usually we don't mean, but like we mean it in that like when we send that tweet, we mean it. But like after reflecting on it for 24 hours, I know that Jalen cares more than me. But yeah. I want him to show it and I want I want to beat Fordham that's all i really want i just want to beat fordham yeah exactly
1: Dude, you're so right is it like a lot of times you, you spout stuff off and i do this all the time man like the next day i wake up and i was like all right like i, I like i meant this but like a lesser version of what actually was said um mm-hmm. but you know a lot of people were just seeing red last night i know i was like i was i was literally a bowl ready to go like i was just seeing red and uh Luckily, I turned my phone off, and um, I just I watched some some bad TV last night to uh, you know to soak it all in.
3: But it's the only cure.
1: That's it, man. That's all you can do. I watched some Big Mouth. So for the TV fans out there, check out Big Mouth on Netflix. Very good. A lot of sex jokes. So for the older crowd out there, doesn't like a lot of sex jokes, maybe tune out. They talk about dick <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of dick jokes. Um, which I guess is a lot more than me than I probably should have let on. Anyways, we're going to get to trivia. Play the music. All right, guys. So the trivia question today obviously has to do with Fordham and the amount of losing that we've done or lack thereof to Fordham. Uh, I said in the last podcast that going into that game, that was the 38th matchup between Dayton and Fordham. Dayton was 32 and five. They are now 32 and six against the Fordham Rams. There were 16 games between our last loss to Fordham. Uh, it happened in 2006, okay? Uh, Brian Roberts led team that was n- not so great. Uh, they lost by 10. My question to you was, what was the year that we lost to Fordham before that and how many games were in between? So there were 16 games in between this time and 2006. It was January 4th. How many times were between the last time we lost to Fordham before that? Uh, Dukes, you can go first.
3: Wow, Sully, what a question. I
1: only have the good ones on this podcast. That's why I have the show, baby. Let's
3: go. 2001, 10 games.
1: Brian? <clears throat> Shoot. Um, I'm going to go
2: 2005, uh, I don't know, seven. Maybe.
1: Game. Game. Wait, 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 wait! When was the last time they lost them? 2006. Yeah, 2006. 2006. All right, now I'm gonna go 2012 uh, games. So they play once every year and have not doubled up in since 2015. They have not doubled up and played for them. Um, so going all the way back, there was actually six games in between, and the Flyers lost on January 15th in the year 2000. Uh, a nine point loss at Fordham still to this day, though, gentlemen, we can hang on to at least this much Fordham still has never won a game in UD arena. So the court is still sacred. All right. It has not been sullied. Fordham still cannot get a win in UD arena. So we can hang our hat on that.
3: There we go.
1: Yeah. So we, we got a little bit of that. All right. All nice right, gentlemen, the, uh, the time has come. We're winding down the podcast. Tonight. I obviously thank both of you. And our sponsors tonight. I do have sponsors. I thank them always. But before I let you go, we always give every guest final thoughts on the program. So, uh, Dukes, I'll let you go first. What are your final thoughts on the evening?
3: Don't let us get into the tournament because we'll make the final four. Don't oh, let us get bad. hot. <laughs> Don't let us get hot. And we got a great recruiting class. Thanks for having me on, Sully.
1: Yeah, man, it's uh, it was a long time coming. Like I said, Ryan. Final thoughts for the evening for all those listeners out there. They're Dayton Flyers fans. No nah, man, keep the faith. Uh,
2: you know, AG. I, I have firsthand experience. That guy, he he has a plan behind everything. Um, you know, just be be positive as much as you can be. Even though we just lost the Fordham. <laughs> Um but this is this is a great group of guys, and and I think if they can they can get it running and then get it rolling. You know, maybe maybe we'll see a Final Four run, right, dudes?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with it. i will be down. <laughs>
1: Don't let them get hot, baby. Uh, That's going to do it for the show tonight. David uh, Davidson. uh, Dayton is going to turn around and play Davidson. uh, This Friday night tip off is at nine o'clock Eastern. And unfortunately, boys, I had planned on having a pregame show at Tim's, but that got scratched because bars in Ohio still have to close at 10 p.m. And the owners of Tim's were not all that interested in kicking a bunch of people out at halftime. So woe is me uh we are gonna hold off until the vcu game on the 23rd to do a post game gonna do it live from tim's but i will have many podcasts to you before then i'll be coming to you with a game day morning five minutes uh everything you need to know about the davidson game on friday night and i believe that game's on espn 2 isn't it guys do you know do we know what what it's on Uh, the davidson game yeah i gotta look now i think i think it's on
3: ESPN 2. Here we I go. Think it's on, yeah, I think
1: it's on ESPN 2. Yeah, ESPN 2. There you go. Nine o'clock tip, Friday night, ESPN 2. Let's bounce back. I know all the real ones will be there. I'll be there mercifully watching our flyers because there's something special about beating Davidson. I don't know what it is. It's not that I hate them. I just really enjoy beating them. I don't know. Something about them. I just think because think they're the richer, whiter Dayton, I think that's why. <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you think, Ryan? Is that, is that why I hate him? Yeah, I mean,
2: Davidson's <laughs> always such a tough game. So anytime you beat them, whether they have a bad record or not, it's a win. Yeah. A win,
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, fam. Thanks for sticking around past the hour mark uh, for Dugues and Ryan. Don't call me Chip, Mike. So I'm Sully. This has been Talking Out Loud, and we will catch you next week. You know that there are two rules. Dugues, what's the first rule? What's the rule? What's the first rule? I got two rules on this program. What's the first rule? I don't know. Ryan, do you know the two rules? Please let me down. No, no, on this one. God, you guys are killing me. Wear it. Be loud. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>